Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Cancel your plans this weekend. 19 former players will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's a lot of speeches. It's going to take two days to do it. I hope they can cram it all in in two days. Wide range of inductees. You got Peyton Manning leading the way. And uh, he'll have a little pressure to be entertaining. Guy who's hosted Saturday Night Live. But he normally delivers. It's cool that Tom Brady's flying in to support his old rival. And then it's a total grab bag because they have a special centennial class from 2020 that'll be honored. If you want wide receivers, you got it. Calvin Johnson, Isaac Bruce, Cliff Branch, Harold Carmichael, defenders, Troy Polamalu, Charles Woodson, John Lynch, Donnie Schell, Steve Atwater. You need coaches. We got coaches. Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cower, contributors like the former commissioner, Paul Tagliabue, uh, the late great from NFL film, Steve Sable. I know the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a little more lax than other sports as far as the number of people they induct. But if you're a fan of football history, it's a great celebration, a long celebration, but a nice celebration to the men who gave so much to the game that we love. Watching last night, I love to see the little side stories. You know, Najee Harris from Alabama, I wanted to see how, much, uh, how many reps he got, how many carries he got. And they went to him right away. And... You know, I'm listening to Troy Aikman, and Troy said they think he's a three-down three, three down back. Well, that's extremely valuable for this Steeler team. I wondered about their offensive line. That'll be a work in progress the entire year. And then with the Cowboys, I didn't think I was going to see anything on offense that uh, was going to be something that impact what gonna, what's going to happen in the regular season. Not in the first game. But I did. I was curious about the defense and the, the kind of defense that they're going to play. I did love Micah Parsons as a draft pick for the Cowboys, but they do have linebackers. They've had linebackers. They just can't stay healthy. And I think that's what's interesting here when it uh, 
You look at Micah Parsons. They actually told him to slow down last night. Like he was so fired up. And I think he had 10 tackles before halftime. He wanted to go out there high motor. And uh, it was on display last night. You know, typically low scoring game. But the bigger news is really the guy who didn't play. And that's Dak Prescott. Because when you listen to what Dak is saying about the injury, and, you know, is this just a muscle tweak? Um, Nobody's talking about the ankle injury. Like, you would have thought that that would have been still the topic of conversation, but it hasn't been. And now it's this mysterious shoulder injury twinge. And the fact that Jay Glazer reported that the Cowboys are talking to the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, about maybe this is something that pitchers experience. I know it's not supposed to be a big deal, but Troy Aikman said last night, I think there's more to this. That's all I needed. So here's a former Cowboy quarterback and obviously plugged in, and he's saying, I think this is a little more than what they're letting on. I don't know what that means. When it's day-to-day, that's a little trickier as well here. Exactly what is this? And uh, is it a, can it become something a lot bigger? I know because it's the Cowboys and it's Dak Prescott, it's already become bigger. But just to keep an eye on how serious could this be right now? Yes, Eden. Because that isn't the kind of thing that Troy Aikman would just say. No. Like just, I don't know, I got a gut feeling and just throw that out there like that, right? I mean, he, you would think that he has some information. Yes, I would think so. When I heard that, you know, because if you're doing the game or you're around the Cowboys constantly, Troy is always asked about the Cowboys. He might be asked about Aaron Rodgers, maybe, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. He's asked about the Cowboys. And Troy is, you know, he's plugged in. It doesn't take long for him to go, I mean, let me make a call. And I can make one call and say, hey, what's the, what's the deal here with Dak? Um, I know you don't want it to be bigger than what it is, but it all, it, it's going to be because it's the Cowboys. And that, that's what just bears watching. And I was surprised at that. It feels like the Cowboys don't know exactly what it is and how severe it could get. But, you know, you're not going to have surgery. It's August. You're not having surgery. So I'm guessing you're going to be able to play through this. But uh, Troy's comment, though, caught my attention last night. Yeah, McLovin. Should we start the Nick Foles rumor before everyone else gets to it? Oh, my God. They got to get him before the Colts do. I mean, they got to do something. Well, if the Colts don't get him, then Phillip Rivers goes to the Cowboys. Although they do, they do like this Garrett Gilbert. Remember Garrett Gilbert? We were excited about him back in the day, like a long time ago. Mm, were we? I feel like he was like a name, like a number one overall recruit who never really worked out kind of guy. I think he was a, a big high school guy. Didn't his dad play in the NFL? Is his dad Gail Gilbert? I mean, I'm old. Did Gail Gilbert play it like Cal? Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, I think you're right. His yep. dad, uh, he was uh, at Texas and went to SMU. He bounced yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, Gail Gilbert. Yeah. I don't remember him. Was he any good? or it's... He was okay. Played for the Seahawks, Bills, and Chargers. Yeah. Serviceable, as we like to say. This program brought to you by M Drive. M Drive, boost and burn. Go to mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M Drive. Yes, Paul. Gail Gilbert's claim to fame, I don't know if he'd want this known, He's the only player in NFL history to be on five consecutive Super Bowl teams, none of which won. He was a backup on all four of the Buffalo Bills. And then the following year, the Chargers go to the Super Bowl. 
and he was the backup quarterback. Who was the Chargers quarterback? It wasn't Chris Chandler. Not Neil O'Donnell. No. Stan Humphreys? Stan Humphreys. I think so. Good call. They're all the same guy. That kind of. Kind of. All right. What kind of poll question you got, McLove? All right. We got some Hall of Fame-related poll questions. All right. Uh, okay. I'll start with the uh, easy one. At their peak, mm-hmm. who is the best receiver you saw play? Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, who's going in this weekend, Jerry Rice. I guess maybe put Julio Jones, but not. So it's not longevity, because obviously Randy Moss and Jerry Rice are one, two, probably on that. But at their best game, is there any argument for Calvin Johnson? Well, there's an argument for him. Single season all-time record for yards. Yeah, and he had that performance against the Cowboys where I think he had 329 receiving yards in a game against Dallas. Randy Moss was, I go back to when he was playing at Marshall. And I just remember, he, he... Chad Pennington threw a pass and he caught it over the middle and it was about a 15 yard in. And I just remember I had not seen somebody that big be that athletic and he was the best player on the field. It wasn't even close. Yes. You know who kind of uh, I might put in there uh, somewhere in that list of just unstoppable wide receivers when you, you everybody knew they were getting the ball and it still didn't matter. They still put up 250 yards on you. Uh, Antonio Brown. There was a window there that he was about as unstoppable as it gets. Yeah, he's getting you 120, 130 catches. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously a lot smaller than, than Moss uh, and Calvin Johnson. You know, Jerry Rice was just surgical. It, it wasn't anything where you go, oh, my God, Jerry Rice is unbelievable. You just sort of – Larry – Larry Fitzgerald is sort of similar to Jerry Rice in that you look up and you go, how many catches he got? For how many yards? But I do remember the Super Bowl in New Orleans, the Niners against the Broncos, and that's where it wasn't fair trying to cover Jerry Rice. Uh, I just remember that they could have scored as many times throwing to Jerry Rice as they wanted to in that game. Yeah, McLovin. So can you argue that Randy Moss is the most talented receiver, but Jerry Rice is still the GOAT? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, Similar it, like Aaron, it, Aaron Rodgers to uh, Tom Brady? Yeah, Paul. Randy Moss's season with Tom Brady, the first season, 98 catches, 1,500 yards, 23 touchdowns. Yeah. 23. But, but the percentage there yeah. of touchdowns to receptions, <laughs> that, has anybody had something better than that ratio? He has. His rookie year, he had 69 catches and 17 touchdowns. Okay. That means one of every four times he touched the ball, it was in the end zone. <laughs> Make sure you pick up a bag of Penny's Bang Biscuits. She's our house dog, and uh, 20% of all Bang Biscuit sales given back to handpicked partners in the pet industry. Gourmet biscuits made from scratch using healthy, all-natural ingredients. Go to danpatrick.com. While you're there, check out the T-shirts that we have, and uh, get ready, because pretty soon you'll be able to order the DP Show calendar. Plenty of nudity, just like you asked for Oh, no, you didn't ask for that. That's right. But we give it to you. (laughs) Plenty of nudity. Do you want to actually sell this? Is this going to help? Yes. I think, you know, remember when rap CDs, albums used to come with that warning label? (laughs) Parental advisory? Yeah, I think we need a little parental uh, advisory with this uh, calendar there. Pretty much every month, nudity. We are big in the prison world. (laughs) All right, uh, what else do you have, McLovin? Okay, I have, a, I have a poll that's really designed to annoy one person. Okay. See if you can tell me who. Right. 
Jimmy Johnson is one of three coaches to win a Super Bowl and a national title. Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, and Barry Switzer. Who is the most disappointing college coach who tried out the NFL, his NFL experience? Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, Chip Kelly, Bobby Petrino, who you might remember coached 13 games for the Falcons, or Jim Harbaugh, because he can't beat Ohio State. It, Wait, so give me, give me the wording on this. Most disappointing great college coach in the NFL. Okay. Nick Saban, who actually would probably win that poll. Steve Spurrier, Chip Kelly, Bobby Petrino, and kind of his uh, dig at Rich, Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah, but Harbaugh was good in the NFL. Yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He's been disappointing in college. I'm I'm disappointed in your disappointment. <laughs> oh man, I was so fired up about Harbaugh. I was looking <laughs> I at a thinking, list of wait, coaches. I was sitting there trying to figure what out. Yeah, like, wait, I thought I, I thought he was wrong. good in the NFL. He went to a Super Bowl. <laughs> he should have stayed. Who is the most disappointing NFL coach in college? <laughs> Dick Vermeil, Jim Harbaugh. Oh my god. Uh, no. Uh, so most disappointing college coach in the NFL. Yeah, did you realize Jimmy Johnson was only, there was only been three guys who do it, did it at both levels at the Super Bowl era. Jimmy, Pete Carroll, and Barry Switzer. But Switzer? Eh. Yeah, that's Jimmy's. That, that title is also belongs to, you know, partially belongs to Jimmy Johnson. He built that roster. Basically, Barry Switzer said, how do I not screw this up? Yeah, Paul. I'm going to throw out Chip Kelly, and I, I like him. We've had him on the show. He's great. And so this is not personal. But his first two two years with Philly, 2013, 2014, 10 and 6, 10 and 6, and made Nick Foles throw like 28 touchdowns and two picks. It felt like it was going very well. And then he goes 6 and 9, leaves, goes to San Francisco, goes 2 and 14. It felt really good those first two years. His style, the quick style. I I would say Spurrier because, you know, the old ball coach was great in in college and then got to Washington and. I don't think he wanted to have anything to do with the defense. But, yeah. Like, certain personalities work. That's why I'm curious about Urban Meyer. Can that personality work? And, you know, is he in it for the long haul? And, and you know, he's a great football mind, but but, you know, to be able to do it, when you want to do it, like you can in college, or you have to follow all of these guidelines and protocols in the NFL, um, I don't know if he has the patience for the minutia that goes along with that job. Because in college, you can just delegate. You can just say, all right, hey, just come back to me, get that taken care of, uh, go to the compliance uh, person or whatever it might be. And now you can say he doesn't have to recruit, and you're right. But that college atmosphere, we're seeing that with Joe Judge with the Giants. Uh, we're seeing that with Urban Meyer. Does it work? How long does it work? You know, those are the curious things that I have here. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Sal Palantonio, his 29th training camp, and uh, joins us on the programs. What's the what's the big takeaway from last night's game? Well, Dan, I think the biggest headline was provided by Jerry Jones. He did an impromptu presser. Uh, right after I talked to Mike McCarthy on SportsCenter, Jones talked to the Dallas media, kind of stuck my nose in there, and I asked him uh, what kind of advice, or you know, I know you're not close to your players, especially Dak, and he's and he, when he talked about Dak's injury and about how cautious they are being, he reached up under his arm and pointed to his lat muscle 
uh, confirming that Dak's injury is not necessarily a shoulder or an elbow or an arm issue, that he has a strained lat on the right side, and he also confirmed that it happened when he threw a long Hail Mary pass in practice or you know, before practice started when he got on the day he got hurt. And as you know, from a lat injury, it's, it's all about rest because it can impact your shoulder, your arm, your back, your hip, everything. And with that coming back from that gruesome leg injury, it's all about rest and icing it and getting some stimulation. But the basic bottom line is you read anything about it or you get any kind of advice from a doctor, they'll tell you to do nothing until it's completely healed. How much pressure do you think? We love to rank things, people. But as far as individuals with pressure on them, where does Dak Prescott rank, in your opinion? Pretty near top of the list, right? Um, got the money. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, components around him. They've invested a lot in this team, changed head coaches, kept his offensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, the, the gruesome leg injury that he suffered in Week 5 last year resulted in the team going 6-10 and 10 when they were on their way. I mean, the offense looks so good, and I, I really like Dak. I think he's super tough. Uh, he's obviously a very smart and capable player, but he's just a great leader. Dak is one of the great leaders that we have in the NFL, Dan. And um, I think he's going to come out of this. He's, he's, he's totally committed to making sure that the injury is 100%. He understands he's heard from the team, the coaches, the doctors, that this is the kind of injury where if you, you know, are not fully healed and you re-injure it, it could really last for weeks and weeks on end. You sat down with Ben Roethlisberger. What was the big takeaway from that? Well, Ben's 39, and he's basically hitting the reset button like Tom Brady. I mean, Brady did it when he was 43, went to a new team, had a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, and here's Ben at 39, new offensive coordinator, new offense. Matt Canada is uh, the new offensive coordinator, and the dictum from Rooney on down is we will run the football, you know, when you're last in the league and, and running the ball. And they were way last in the league by a wide margin ban in play-action pass. And so if you're last in the league and running the ball and you're not providing any deception at all out of your running game, then they're just coming after you. Everybody knew they were going to throw it, and they just ran out of gas. As for how he looked, I thought he looked excellent. I really did. The ball had great trajectory. The ball had terrific accuracy, deep and short. Ben's a great passer. His movement, which is always great, subtle in the pocket, looked good. I was there on the day they were hitting. He wasn't touched, obviously. But that was a day where, you know, uh, the energy was high. And I thought that he really looked good and he sounded good. And he, and he understands what he's up against. He really does. He's taking it year by year. He's got one-year lease, I believe. Yeah, I wondered if they didn't think they could get a quarterback they wanted or they just didn't like the quarterbacks that were going to be available, and that's why they decided to stay with Ben. Well, I think they decided to stay with Ben because he's a two-time Super Bowl champion and he gives them their best option. Yeah, but you got to think, start thinking about the future here if you're Pittsburgh. You do, and then you, you, you definitely do, and, um, you know, they do have, they did bring in Dwayne Haskins. He's a reclamation project. And if anybody can reach him, it's Mike Tomlin. 
and they were saying all the right things about him. And now I watched him in practice, uh, watched him very closely last night. And when I watched him in practice, they were implementing some of the stuff that he was doing last night. Over and over again, Canada had him rolling to his left and throwing outside the pocket, moving the so-called platform, the launch platform for him. Uh, you know, partially that is because they've had some problems, you know, protecting the passer. And the other thing is they like his athleticism. And he's turned into a very good passer outside the pocket on the move. So, um, you know, they're working with him to try to see how committed he is to the game, how, he's, how he will take the coaching, how he will pick up this offense. And, you know, he's got the best and the best to learn from. I mean, I just have a high regard for Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the best coaches all time in the NFL. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. If Bill Cowher is going in the Hall of Fame, then so is Mike Tomlin. And so is Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm a voter, and you know that, and I will vote for his ballot for both of them. Would you take a look? I don't know how this works. Is it the Veterans Committee that Kenny Anderson and Ken Riley, who played for the Bengals, I, I, I don't have any, I mean, I have a platform, but I'm not a voter. Uh, but I, I'm just curious how that works with, with players like that, of just getting the attention of the voters and say, uh, is anybody talking about them? Uh, has anybody spoke on their behalf? There's a huge pool of senior candidates, and both of them are in it. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, their names come up. There's definitely legitimate discussion about both. I can tell you from a personal standpoint, I'm a big believer in Kenny Anderson. I think Kenny Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't know what the debate will be about Riley, but I think Anderson has been overlooked for way too long and should be in. Do you have any hesitation voting for Eli Manning? None. Okay. None whatsoever. I think, um, you know, I'll vote for him right from the start. And he'll, there'll be a, a, a discussion about him for sure. But Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame. You know, Eli Manning, I, he's going to get in. I don't know if it's going to be first ballot. It might be a little bit of a struggle for the first year or two because of uh, the debate that will go on about his career. But I will vote for him right away, and I will push hard for him to go in. And he should go in, and he will go in. Talking to Sal Palantonio from the Mothership, give me, give me the player who's not in who should be. Oh, boy. Who's not in who should be. Uh, that would have to be Tony Baselli. Okay. I think Tony Baselli, you know, is obviously his injury history with that shoulder. <laughs> Um, and the length of service that he had. But we set a president with Terrell Davis, with TD, with the Broncos. Yeah. And Baselli, Baselli, Dan, I mean, I don't have to tell you, when you watched Baselli, he was just better than everybody in his era. Shut down Bruce Smith. Um, he, he was just great. And he's very close, very close to getting in, and and, and I'm not going to make a prediction because it's a very unpredictable room, and you never know what's going to happen with the vote. But I think Tony Baselli has a very good shot of getting in this year or next. Any uh, whispers with Deshaun Watson, you being based in Philadelphia? I I don't know if the Eagles are completely sold on Jalen Hurts. Doesn't seem like it, but 
Um, what are the odds you think that they take a run at Deshaun Watson? Well, the beautiful thing about working for ESPN is I got Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter on my team. <laughs> so I'm going to let them handle that. That's way beyond my pay grade as far as Deshaun Watson. But I will tell you this about Jalen Hurts. I was there last Friday. I talked to Nick Sirianni one-on-one, and I talked to Jalen. It was the first one-on-one interview he did. And I watched him in practice. So he's trying to get his feet under him in Nick Sirianni's offense. And Jalen is a tremendous athletic talent who last year was on a pace to put us some great numbers. Now, his completion percentage, I understand, was below 60%. But that's just such a small sample size, four games. That was such a tremendous pressure cooker situation with COVID-19 and Carson Wentz getting hurt and all of the controversies surrounding Carson Wentz. So Jalen Hurts was thrown into the fire and passed all of the tests, passed the eye test, passed the leadership test, passed the teammate test, was embraced by his teammates. And Jalen Hurts right now is trying to – he's got a new coach and a new system. It's going to be run heavy. They want him to be more of a pocket passer. You saw the comments he made last week where he said he's learning – to appreciate what the coaches want him to do while not sacrificing his athleticism. And what are those code words for? Hey, I'm learning how to be a pocket passer, but I want to show off what I can do. I'll leave you with this. Our poll question today is not who's the best quarterback, second best quarterback in NFL history. Who is the third best quarterback of all time, in your opinion? Uh, Bart Starr. So I'm going to go uh, – did I shock and amaze you? Yeah. I did, I think, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm going Montana, Brady, and Bart Starr. I think Montana is the all-time greatest. Um, if I had a game to win, it would be Montana. Okay. If I had a game, the championship game, it would be Joe Montana. Tom Brady would be number two. Okay. And then Bart Starr. Look at his postseason numbers and record. Uh, it, it His – his efficiency and production in the postseason in that offense was amazing. And he had, in my view, the most iconic quarterback sneak in pro football history. And the great thing about it, as we now have found out, is that he audible that the line of scrimmage he was supposed to hand it off to Chuck Mercine decided not to do that and went in and on his own. Love that story. Yeah, selfish, me first. Yeah, <laughs> wanted all the glory. Right, so yeah, just just like, just like Bart Starr's personality. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was the John Glenn uh, of the NFL in the '60s. And a brief story, very brief. I was with it. I was in a restaurant in Atlanta in a Super Bowl, and I don't remember what year it was. Bart Starr was quietly having breakfast with his wife, and every time she left the table, he stood up, helped her out of her chair. And then when she came back to the table, he stood up and put her back in her chair and pushed it back in. He was just a consummate gentleman, even when nobody was looking. That's what the Danettes do for me. When I get up from the table, they stand up. <laughs> and then when I, I come back, and, and it's not they don't do it on their own. I basically order them that, that you stand up. And then when I come back, then they all help me with my chair. That's sweet. 
Yes, it is. Very, very heartwarming. <laughs> very heartwarming. And by the way, I don't know if you had uh, any vote on this, but thank you to whoever voted on the uh, Roselle Award with John Facenda because I, I made it a mission that I, I, I just wanted people to, you know, just let's reexamine this. And the fact that Steve Sable's going in, his father's already in, and I just thought, you know, make it a trilogy that John Facenda deserved to be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I'm, I'm, uh, I think it's uh, wonderful he'll be honored tonight. Why did it take so long? I don't think – I thought that he was in, Sal. And then I said to McLovin, I said, would you check and see if John Facenda is in? He goes, he's not. I go, we're writing a letter. And I wrote a letter to David Baker, and I just said, just, just bring this up so people know that John Facenda is not in the Hall of Fame. And he said that he would, and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome that John, you know, that voice will be heard on those loudspeakers tonight, and it will bring back a lot of memories for a lot of people there, and it'll be great. It was the voice of God, and it was the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, have fun this weekend. Always great to catch up with you, Sal. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on the program, Dan. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Let's make way for the great Vince Carter, who is the only player to have played in four different decades in the NBA. Vince joins us now on loan from uh, NBC Sports, covering the Olympic basketball games and the matchup that we have, France against the United States. Let, let me start with Luka and Slovenia. Would that have been a more interesting matchup for Team USA to watch than France? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup for one reason and one reason only. Greg Popovich, coach team, has not beaten this team. They lost to him before, uh, in, uh, prior to the Olympics. Uh, and then they, they lost to him the first match here. So I think they, it, it's a bad taste in their mouth. They, they, you know, ever since that loss and the days in between that loss and their next game versus Iran, they, all they heard about is, is Popovich the right coach? Is this the right team? Do they have the right nucleus of players? When is KD going to show up? Well, we saw KD show up. We saw their defense take off, and they're playing great basketball. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Luka, Luka and his squad, and, and Popovich, the guy who uh, who, uh, who got a shot block at the end, I think that would have been a very interesting matchup. And obviously, you know we, what Luka has done all tournament. But I think for the U.S., they wanted they wanted a piece of France again to kind of get that taste out of their mouth. What's the difference in how a game is called in the Olympics as opposed to the NBA? Rules, first and foremost, I think you look at a game, and, and for me as a former player in the NBA, and of course have some 
uh, FIBA experience, the physicality in the game. <laughs> you know, you can sit here and watch him like, man, it's a foul, but not in FIBA. You know, <laughs> FIBA, a lot of things you're able <laughs> to get away with. And, and, you know, and probably the first two games you sit and watch and you're calling the game and the, the ability or you're allowed to knock the ball off the rim, that takes them them getting used to. So for NBA players, you can see the hesitation. They start to look at the ref like, wait. <laughs> and now, you know, four or five games in, uh, Jason Tatum knocked the ball off the rim. Um, JaVale McGee knocked the ball off the rim. Once you get accustomed to it, you kind of adapt. And this is what these players are able to do. They adapt. You know, we have to remember this team, um, like all of the other teams, they only have three weeks maybe a month to prepare and, and and come together as a squad to take on teams like in Australia who's been together forever, like Spain who's been together forever and expect to win. So, uh, you know, the task that, that, you know, these guys are dealt with, uh, they've done a pretty darn good job. And you look at this team here, um, there's three guys that came from the finals. Uh, JaVale McGee came in late. Uh, Kelvin Johnson came in late. Uh, Zach Levine had to wait because of uh, the COVID protocol. So they didn't have their entire team when they stepped foot into Japan because everybody was all over the, the, the world and finally get them back. The, they get their full team back 1.30 a.m. the night before the game against France. Yeah. Why is Ben Simmons not playing in the Olympics? That's an interesting question. I don't know. I, I think for Ben Simmons, this is a, a great opportunity. I, I, I kind of look at it two ways. I think it's a great opportunity for him to get in the lab and, and just be in the gym by himself and work on his game, get away from all of the noise and continue to be him because he's a super-duper athlete. He, he brings a lot to the table. You know, I mean, we always look at uh, – we always nitpick and we pick one thing about a player. Oh, he can't shoot the ball. But, you know, look at all the intangibles and the other things that he can't do. Now, on the other side of that, at the time, well, let me say this, Dan, the timing is kind of bad because if he had some, some time, if this was a normal season, he would have had a couple of weeks to kind of work on this game a little bit, and then you bring it to the Olympics and see, and this is kind of your trial run before the actual NBA season. You know, you always can go back to the player that you are, but when you want to work on something, it's a great opportunity to have live, real live basketball that counts to work on your actual game. But See, I just thought he would gain kind of answer that question. maybe confidence, though, Vince, that he's playing with his oh. home country. It can be his team. Like, this is what he's he's missing. I think he's lost his, his confidence and his identity. This maybe would have helped that. And you get to showcase your talents. If you want out of Philadelphia, that's a good way to showcase your talents to say, hey, this is what I can do for you. I agree with you 100%. You know, and it's just kind of the mentality of some people. Uh, you know, some people feel like, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna go out here and you know, and, and give you what you think you, you know, I should do. And some people feel like they want to, you know, stick to himself. Look at like a, a Giannis. You know, there was times when Giannis, you know, you know, it was said Giannis that didn't want to work out with anyone. He just wanted to work on his game, and he, I will show you who I am and what I have come the season time. And maybe Ben is that way. I mean, this is kind of the time uh, I don't, you know, where there's a lot of fire at at Ben right now, and this is a chance to kind of get away from it, kind of refocus, and go back at it. Because think about this: at the same time, yes, I want to show you, but he still has to answer those questions. Those questions still are going to come out now internationally. Going to have to the questions from the international folks who don't get the opportunity to ask that question all the time about, yeah. you know, 
how things played out. So sometimes it's, it's kind of good then to step away from the game, kind of refocus, recharge, and, and come back. So I hope he's really going at it because we really haven't heard much from him or about him or what he's doing in his game. So that could be a good thing. He's Vince Carter, uh, NBC Olympics basketball analyst and a uh, gold medalist, a former slam dunk contest winner, and uh, spent 22 years in the NBA. You know, when you had the dunk over Frederick Weiss, I didn't know who owns that. If you wanted to sell that NFT, Vince, can you have, have you thought <laughs> about that? So. I think I have not. Uh, I mean, I've been asked, but I think uh, that is the the rights of the, uh, the Olympic um, Committee or is it NBC? I'm One trying to get you paid, I, I know. Vince. I'm trying to get you paid. I, I appreciate you. That's why you're the, that's why you're legend and you're the best, and you're thinking about others. Um, but I, I don't think I, I, I lose that battle. I mean, that will probably be a question that I would ask down the line um, as I learn more about the NFT because it's becoming a hot, you know, obviously a hot commodity. Could you reenact that with Frederick Weiss 21 years later? <laughs> uh, maybe on a video game or. I try to draw a stick figure, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> but actually try to pull that off. No way. I it's wonder. Not even in my mind frame. I wonder, Vincent, and you'll obviously know this, but it felt like people then expected you after that to do superhuman things. Like, like everything had to be a highlight. Did you feel that that you know yeah. after you you dunked I, on I, Frederick? I think. I, well, let me say this. I understood it. I understood it. I, I knew. I mean, in his eye, I understood it. The four games when I would work out, preparing for a game, or you know, getting ready for a game, warming up, to always ask for a dunk. Vincent, dunk it, dunk it, dunk it. You know, <laughs> I'm getting ready for a game. You know, where I need to actually shoot the ball sometimes. Um, so I, I understood it, and I wanted to show that I, I I was more than just that, and I had more to my game. I just had to show patience, show my patience, and and, and eventually. You know, the rest of my game would shine through. Uh, you know, after a while, I was like, oh, man, I didn't know you were a good passer. <laughs> okay. I didn't know you could shoot the ball like that. You know, it's it's been there. But I know what they wanted to see. And, you know, if you think about it, prior to the Olympics and that dunk, the dunk contest just happened in February. And then the Olympics rolled around right after that. So that all happened in succession. It was kind of, you know, just added fuel to the fire and, you know, wanted to see more. And just, you know, whenever you step, whenever I stepped on the court, that's what they wanted to see. It was like, yeah, he hit a game-winning three-pointer. Oh, that's cool, but who did he dunk on? <laughs> I, I, I understood what that, you know, what it was. Yeah, we were waiting for a highlight. It was like, wait, Vince is shooting threes? Come on, that's not yeah. what we paid okay, to cool. see. <laughs> yeah, he's not driving to the paint now. Why, why is he not aggressive? <laughs> did you ever get dunked on where it was like, oh my god, now I know what that feels like? Oh uh, man, this is a question I don't like to answer. Uh, there is a. There's a, there's a guy in the NBA, um, you probably can figure it out. Um, he played for the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Um, he's currently in Cleveland. Okay. Is that Kevin Love? Yes, it is. It was Kevin Love. Um, <laughs> wait, it, it, oh, Kevin it, Love posterized you? Everybody, exactly. That's the reaction everybody says uh, for the few people that I've told. You know, it's only me and you here, so I guess uh, okay. you know yeah. everybody won't know about it. But what happened is uh, he got a bounce pass on the facing the rim, the right, the, the the right side of the block. I'm probably like at the elbow on on the opposite side, so let's say it's the left side. And I tried to run and get there, and he like drop steps, two hands, and like I got my hands in front of him he just dumped on me and he looked at me and because we had some history he looked at me and you talk about like 
a, a long ride after the game from the bus to the airport. I'm like, Kevin Love, because <laughs> when Kevin Love was in high school, uh-huh. I gave him his player, his Gatorade Player of the Year award. And the one thing, you know, the one conversation he had to me, he said, you know, I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm, you know, you know, I'm going to be in the NBA soon. I said, all right, I'll see you there. He said, all right. So I, that's what I thought about when that happened, because I'm like, I gave this kid his Gatorade High School Player of the Year award. He and Maya Moore that year. Yeah. A few years later, I get dunked on by him. And I'm glad he didn't throw it in my face, but it felt like he did. I'm looking at the I, video. I'm looking at the video now, Vince. Are you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Just pull. Oh, uh-huh. okay. All right. Wow. I mean, that's uh, that's <laughs> one-handed. Wow. You know what? He's probably going to capitalize and make that an NFT and uh, make a whole hey, lot of money, Vince. He should. Because I, I, I guarantee a lot of people don't know about that play or, you know, don't even like, did he? Oh, oh I, I don't remember seeing this. Yeah, good. <laughs> what would you pay to get that off the Internet? Um... I gotta look at it again. <laughs> no, you I don't. Play, <laughs> it was bad. It was um, that bad? It's 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 not that bad. It's not good. <laughs> I think, but it's not that good. <laughs> I can say it. It's a white guy. That's where. That's why it's bad. Vince. Well, 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 that and you know the fact that I remember it vividly. <laughs> so yes, it was bad. <laughs> like, uh, when, as soon as you said, it, I was like, oh gosh, yeah, Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love. Yeah. You know, it couldn't have been like a high-flying guy, you know, that dunks on everybody. You know, had to be Kevin Love. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say T-Mac actually dunked on me, but we're on the same team. And I was going for the rebound and, you know, casually rebound, offensive rebound, and he jumps higher and he catches it and he dunks on me. But I actually got him back in the game as well. Um <laughs> It's just weird saying that. It's like I got him back, but we were on the same team. So it was just like a friendly competition. But I, I remember that as well. It's great, so to, I don't count that. great to talk to you, Vince. Hope you're doing well, and uh, we appreciate your time as always. I, I appreciate you, Dan. Thanks for having me. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.